Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard Creative Team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Our guest today is Charleston interior designer and shop owner, Megan Moulton. Megan is known for her modern, light and airy design sense, mixing feminine and masculine elements together to create a balanced but clean space. Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for joining you. Us. Thank you for having me. Before we get started, I just wanted to let everyone know that we are videoing our episode. We're recording in person right now, and we're going to share the whole episode on our YouTube channel. So if you want to watch, visit youtube.com slash Ballard Designs. Be sure to subscribe so you get channel notifications, and um, let's get started. All right. Okay, I loved <laughs> your... Welcome to Atlanta. Yes. I love Atlanta. My sister lived here for like... My sister and my brother-in-law lived here for almost 10 years. And they lived okay. right by like Inman Park mm-hmm. in that cute little area. So we used to visit each other all the time. But okay. they they moved to Arkansas after their second baby and okay. um, to be closer to family. So I've spent a lot of time here and... <laughs> A lot of restaurants. We've done a lot of restaurants. That's good. I love food. There's a lot of good stuff Mm -hmm. down there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks. And you're from? Originally, I am from Arkansas, so that is where all of my family is. Uh And um, I went to school at Ole Miss. And after I graduated, I did like a southern tour. And (laughs) my sister and I actually went to Charleston. She had heard about Charleston. And we went to visit and immediately fell in love and was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. And so I moved there right out of school and I actually got a job in pharmaceutical sales and I worked in that industry for 12 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then you started your business, Mm -hmm. interior design business. How did that come about? So I purchased my home, um, purchased my first home in Charleston. I started designing it and I would share it on social media, like all these before and after like little vignette moments throughout my house at the time. And, um, people just started reacting and then friends would say like, Hey, can you come help me with my house? And it just, it picked up pretty quickly. And before I knew it, I had someone that wanted to like pay me and I had no idea really what I was doing or what to charge or anything. Um, but I just knew that I loved this and I was doing something that people thought I was good at. And, um, before you knew it, about a year later, I quit my job. I sold my house. I sold (laughs) everything in it and I started my business. Um, and that was January 1st of 2018. So, um, we just celebrated six years. So, um, not formally trained. I went to school for business and like I said, worked in pharmaceutical sales, medical sales for 12 years and just found something I was passionate about and that people liked what I was doing. And then just like took that leap of faith. That yeah. is okay. I had written down to talk about later taking risks, but yeah. that is like a yeah. huge risk. It was, it was, yeah, it was like a crazy time for me. I was 34 years old, I think. And I broke up with my boyfriend. I sold my house, I sold everything in it. I was like starting fresh, like completely starting over. I stayed at my friends, like Airbnbs. I stayed in their guest rooms. I was like, I was so nervous to like mm-hmm. go from corporate America and what I knew and, you know, getting all the benefits and, mm-hmm. you know, salary and all that to starting my business. And I wanted to make sure it was going to work, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, thank goodness, you know, pretty quickly right off the bat, I started getting you know, clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to purchase my little one bedroom. It's like a one bedroom. It's called a Freedman's cottage in Charleston. It's a really cool, um, kind of long skinny cottage. That's mm. one bedroom kitchen dining all in one space. Mm-hmm. And I bought this tiny little Freedman's cottage and I lived in it and then had a, my conference table right outside the kitchen. And that's where my business started. 
And that's where my clients would come in and, you know, I just, um, just went for it. Um, and so it was a huge risk, but I remember, I remember really leaning on my dad, um, during that time who was an entrepreneur and, um, so nervous about what I was doing. And he said, Megan, what is the worst thing that's going to happen if it, if this doesn't work out for you? Um, and he said, you'll just get another job. You'll get a job and you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like telling myself that in my head (laughs) over and over, like, okay, if this doesn't work, I can go get a job. I can go get a job. Like I got this, you know, 34 years old. Like I have 12 years of experience in the workforce. So, um, it is like, if anyone's considering it, I know how scary it is. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying. Um, but now hindsight 2020, like it's the best thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you feel like taking that risk in your business and life makes it easier to take design risk? Because I would think like, okay, if you're going to make a a really scary choice in your sofa fabric, like it's gotta be easy compared to like (laughs) that's selling your home and all of your belongings. Oh my God. That's such a good question. I've never thought about it that way, but I, I do sometimes say like, these are not life or death decisions. Like we're not Mm -hmm. deciding on like a heart transplant. We're literally deciding on a sofa fabric Mm -hmm. and it's, it may not come in when you want it to. And like, it's going to be okay. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and I remind my staff that too, like guys, you know, this is not life or death. And Mm -hmm. that was something that I had to learn because in the beginning you do feel like it's life or death. Everything feels like life or death when you're starting your business. And then you take a step back and you're like, okay, wait a second. Let's like put things in perspective here. Mm -hmm. You know, when we really think about what's the worst thing that could happen to you in your life, you know, a sofa being delayed six months is really not, doesn't even fall anywhere on that scale, (laughs) you know? So, um, so anyways, but going back to like risk taking with clients, I feel like in the beginning I played it pretty safe. Like I was very much like, this is my design aesthetic and Mm -hmm. I do modern coastal and I do it really well. And that's what people like me for. And, um, you know, now it's so different. I feel like I'm much more confident and comfortable, like pushing my clients to take risk. And like, we used to do white or light colored sofas all the time. And like, I can't tell you the last time I did a white sofa. Like we would mm-hmm. never, I would never do that. You know? Why? Cause I have kids and, um, you know, like even if it is performance fabric, like I get it. Like, it's still, you need mm-hmm. something to hide mm-hmm. life. And, um, yeah. and just because most of the walls in our spaces are white and I find that a color, a sofa mm-hmm. that's not white is going to pop so much more, even if it's just a gray or like we recently just did like a dark Navy blue, mm-hmm. like it's, it's going to look so good against mm-hmm. those white walls. So I just think also I was just playing it safer. Like I knew like these performance fabrics were good. They look good. They work with everything. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, as we've evolved, our clients have evolved. Our Mm -hmm. taste has evolved, you know, like I don't want to do white sofa. Yeah. (laughs) It's boring. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, just because you can clean it doesn't mean that you want to always be cleaning yeah. it. So right. that's, that's the thing. It's exactly. Like, you know, I have the Bissell, you know, green cleaner thing mm-hmm. and we Don't use we it all, all the time, yes. <laughs> but all the time like, is who the key. really yeah, yeah. wants to do that, <laughs> right. you know, in reality. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's so many good fabric options out there too. I mean, that's the other thing is like performance fabrics have come such a long way, mm-hmm. even in the past six years. It's like our options are endless. Why would we choose white or cream, especially Mm -hmm. if you have kids, grandkids or pets, which is basically everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is a very small, you know, sliver of the pie that doesn't have one of those three things. Um, Do you ever do patterns on your sofas? Yes. um, I'm trying. Well, I will say mostly the patterns, if they are on a sofa, for example, we just did 
it's more of a neutral tone, but mm-hmm. it's like a cheetah, almost like antelope print, kind of like this rug, but done in like a very small print. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like overwhelming the mm-hmm. client. Mm-hmm. Um, or if we have like, um, like a study or like a more moodier sitting room, I feel like clients are more open to doing a subtle pattern, mm-hmm. but mostly I feel like we see the patterns on like our chairs, ottomans and then wallpaper window treatments Mm -hmm. is where and pillows um but for the most part like their main everyday sofa i feel like is mostly going to be done in a solid but probably textured and probably not that light white color yeah what um okay so you know you obviously have just with your background and your business have become very good at taking risks, but how would you suggest to, to listeners who are doing it themselves? Like they know they, they need to take a risk, but they're nervous. What is, what is your advice? Yeah. I would say, um, for just like the everyday person that, that wants to take a little bit more risk, but is nervous. Um, I would say things like, your throw pillows, you know, throw pillows are such an easy thing to incorporate pattern and color that you mm-hmm. can switch out in your home, um, on a maybe semi-annual basis. You know, you want something more geared towards fall winter tones, and then you want something more geared towards spring summer. Like that's something I do in my own home all mm-hmm. the time. Um, because I, well, I get tired of things really easily, but just as like a normal consumer, I do feel like that's something easy. You can switch out. It's four pillows on your sofa. Mm-hmm. I think so pillows also, um, accessories like being here at market, I'm really, you know, focusing on accessories for our shop and there's so much more color in the accessories and I'm buying more color because I feel like shop customers come in and they want to incorporate color. And I think accessories are great, great way you could mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Like on your coffee table, I just found these really big oversized, like blue vases. You can incorporate these pretty blue vases on your coffee table, bring in some soft color, but not have to switch out your sofa fabric, you right. know, or get your chairs reupholstered. So pillows, accessories, and then, um, you know, artwork too, I think is a great way to incorporate some color and take some risk too. Mm-hmm. Cause artwork is, um, you know, very subjective. Everyone likes something different. Um, but I think for a lot of our homes that are more neutral and palette, you're going to see a lot of their color come through the artwork. So do you think people, I, sometimes I do feel like people do play it safe with art. I'm not to say they should, but I think it's common for people to think, Oh, my pillows are orange. So I need to find art. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I feel like your artwork should almost like contrast more from Mm. your pillows. So yeah, if your pillows are like a corally orange color, you probably need to be looking for something with like blues and greens or something Mm. to almost like contrast from, Mm -hmm. from your pillows. I think the matchy matchy look like that's when it's going to look almost like staged or almost like like almost like sometimes we say home goodsy, like with the art, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you want to find something that's like a wow piece that speaks to you. Um, and you actually want to look for contrast, not like similarities. Okay. I would say that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely yeah. gives people more of an invitation to try something they might be a little bit uncomfortable yeah. with. Or I guess on the reverse, if you had a great piece of art you love, get the contrasting pillows and put it in the room. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think artwork makes a space, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is so personal. And so even if, you know, that artwork doesn't speak to me, like, even if I understand like what that artwork means to that person in that home, it's like, okay, we have to use that. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that you found that on your honeymoon together in Italy, you know, or something like Mm -hmm. it's so personal. So, um, and that speaks to, to everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. including myself as their designer. Like I want to figure out a way to make that work. And we've done that so many times Mm -hmm. where it's like not something I would pick out at all, you know, Mm -hmm. but I understand like the personal component to it. What's the last piece of art you bought for yourself? Oh, um, well, actually I did not, <laughs> I wasn't like, ready. For that. That's a good, good one. Um, this is so funny. Like we, my husband and I, we don't, we have very different tastes, mm-hmm. um, especially in artwork. I will say he likes primary color, like red, <sighs> green, orange, 
very very primary colors and i like a little more more like maybe like a muted or Mm -hmm. i love purple and green and blue Mm -hmm. but maybe like a little bit more muted um so when we find a piece of artwork that we both love and agree on like Mm -hmm. we buy it Mm -hmm. and we're out of wall space right now in our current home so we have like artwork literally like in our warehouse office space like hanging on the walls because we don't have room for Mm -hmm. it right now um but maybe one day because i do feel like if something speaks to you and you love it you should purchase it um Mm -hmm. that's how artwork works but um actually we did add a few pieces to our current home and they're actually um photography pieces so my husband takes a lot of pictures a lot of pictures but we never like do anything with them Mm -hmm. and so finally i was like we have to we we i literally made him get them printed and we printed out some black and white photography that he had taken and we blew them up like really big 30 by 40 um and had them framed in black frames and we hung them in our bedroom um so that was like the last piece of art that we actually hung in our home Mm -hmm. which is very special yeah you know, that he yeah. took those photos so again like art is so personal so it's like finding what really speaks to you and then it's it's a conversation point always when someone comes in your house and you can talk about that yeah do you do you move things around or do you find like one the perfect spot for something and you're like it's done constantly moving things around like I think at first um my husband was it was all the time. It was constant. Like things were like coming in and out of our house on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And now he's so used to it. Like he's, he doesn't get attached to anything anymore. (laughs) And like that's, he's very like sentimental and like collects things and is more of a collector where Mm -hmm. I'm constantly like, let's change everything all the time. So he's been much more open to that. And he also, understands that like I'm also sharing new pieces and accessories from our shop and incorporating into our home decor and I want to show you know like our customers and clients how I do that so Mm -hmm. he's more open to it but I think also as a designer like you're constantly seeing what's new and what's out there and so your mind's like constantly thinking like oh we should replace our sofa oh we should replace <laughs> these this rug or these chairs like you're constantly wanting like the next best thing so it's hard um so it's there's a lot of change happening in our house all the time the yeah. one thing that stayed the same is our lighting which i will say is like a pretty a harder fixture mm-hmm. yeah like wired yeah. a hard fixture right yeah i mean you can always get an electrician over <laughs> we've done it we've done it for photo shoots we've changed out lights just for photo video shoots and then i've put our old lights back up oh so wow. i really love them wow yeah. that's pretty crazy <laughs> that's impressive. how do you move art with speaking to the framing part of it because that part i've found to uh-huh. be kind of the tricky because if you've yeah. specifically picked out framing for a certain area of your home and then you do kind of want to switch them around yes mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll be honest, like our house, we have a total hodgepodge of frames. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have black, we have natural wood, we have brass, all different styles. And, mm-hmm. and I have acrylic, so many different frames. And at one point I was like, I'm going to change out all our frames so that they match, mm-hmm. you know, so that it looks more um, cohesive. But then really, when I think about it, it does almost feel more collected because they all do almost have these like original frames like one piece we bought last year at high point it has the original frame from when the artist did it back in like i think it was the 80s and it's almost it's it needs to be reframed like it's almost like falling apart a little bit it doesn't mm-hmm. look great but at the same time, I'm like, it's kind of cool that that's like the original mm-hmm. frame yeah. that was on the artwork. So I've embraced that. I will say <laughs> okay. that's something about me that like I, my like OCD self would want all matching frames, but like I've embraced a little bit more of this like collected <laughs> feel, I think because of my husband. Um, so yeah, I always tell clients like, don't worry so much about being so matchy matchy, mm-hmm. you know, like. Mm-hmm it's cool to be collected, you know? Um, and that's like a big topic of discussion with like metals and plumbing fixtures and, Mm -hmm. you know, even the frame on your artwork or, um, your drapery hardware, you know, all these metals, it's like, 
we don't, you don't have to be so matchy matchy throughout your, your home. It's okay to mix metals mm-hmm. and just try to think consistently in each space, you know, like if we have a space with a lot of brass in it, then maybe we're going to focus more on like brass frames on the art or like a brass drapery hardware, um, or brass, um, accessories throughout the space, but the space right next to it might have black accents. So, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's cool to like mix and match metals. Yeah. What about, okay. You, you mentioned taking risks, like in your throw pillows, your art, where's somewhere that you need to play it safe and, and like, I make a very say, considered choice. Yeah, I, guess. I would say one place I would probably play it safe is just off the top of my head, like your primary bathroom. Mm. Most of the time, I would say like we focus if you're doing tile and plumbing fixtures. A lot of times we're doing polished chrome because it's so traditional. It's timeless mm-hmm. with the plumbing fixtures, and then as far as the tiles go, like polished marble you know, or, or a ceramic tile that looks like a, looks like a marble. Um, and the countertops, the tiles are doing like a large format on your floors and doing a smaller format, maybe on the floor in your shower, a large format on the walls. Like you just can't go wrong with Mm -hmm. marble. Um, so so so, you're doing it out of longevity. Yeah. I think if you're going to do a big bathroom renovation and you want something that you know is going to be timeless Mm -hmm. and, safe, I would say that's the place to do it. But Mm -hmm. just for example, we're doing a primary bath makeover right now where we're doing exactly that, but all the walls have this really fun blue palm print wallpaper, like a light Mm. blue. And then we're doing this really cool chandelier over the bathtub Mm. and we're doing these really fun brass wavy mirrors. So like there's really fun accents in there, but the actual like tile that you're Mm -hmm. probably not going to want to renovate again. Right. That's a very classic timeless choice. Mm -hmm. But in five years you could change the wallpaper, the light fixture and the mirrors and like reinvent the space. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, did you do chrome fixtures in there with the that bathroom? Yes, we did do the polished chrome. And I mean, I do feel like brass, I, I especially love like an unlacquered brass. If a client will go for that and is okay with patina, I feel like that too can be like so classic and timeless as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the polished chrome to me just feels so clean, you know, mm-hmm. especially against the marble. And so, bathroom, it's like the place you yeah, want to feel. The you want to feel clean. And yeah. You yeah. can have polished chrome plumbing fixtures with a brass mirror above it and brass sconces. Like it's okay yeah. to mix those two metals, which that's what I mean when I feel like just stick to two in a space, mm-hmm. you know. And it's okay if it's you're mixing silver and gold. I feel like that's something that mm-hmm. like people have a really hard time with. Yeah, but I. Well, yeah, it's totally true, but don't yeah. do the shower with black. Right. Like, like that would look added... totally out of place, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so really just stick two. to two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, is there, I feel like there's sometimes, um, designers say, you know, you want to use each finish at least twice or three times okay. just so that it's, that do sense. you do that or do you kind of really think about it really. like that? But I mean, if you want to like give a rule to it, that probably makes sense. Yeah. Like a couple touches. Mm-hmm. of each throughout the space. So it's consistent and just doesn't feel random. Right. You know, like the gold wavy mirrors in that bathroom. Also the chandelier of the tub has gold. Mm-hmm. So it's like those two pieces are very cohesive to one another. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think giving it a couple touches throughout would help with that cohesion. Yeah. <laughs> what about color? Okay. Do you take, yeah. Cause you, you know, you talk about how, um, you were a little bit safer with your upholstery yes. color choice in the beginning. And now yes. you're going a little yes. more bold. What about, cause I, I did notice in your portfolio, there's a lot of white walls, but there right. were some sprinkled in bold yes. blue darks. So much. When and color. why do you do those? So much. So I feel like, I don't know why, I don't know if this means anything, but like pre COVID, I feel like everyone was like white walls, white kitchen, white, everything. And then post COVID, mm. it's been like, bring on the color. I don't want my house to look like anybody else's. Let's do wallpaper. 
I don't know, maybe it's our designs have evolved or maybe it does have something to do with COVID and everyone kind of coming out of that funk and like mm-hmm. ready to do so take some risk. But I do feel like we have done more color than ever. Like I can't tell you the last time we did mm-hmm. a white kitchen, you know, it's mm-hmm. like either blue cabinets, green cabinets. We just did almost like this, like um, kind of creamy beige color or grayish, I call it. It's like a gray beige cabinet. Um, and then a lot of like oak cabinetry, a lot of warmth. Mm. Um, so I, we're just not seeing the like all white mm-hmm. anymore. Like yeah. typically we'll have like a white that we use if we're not doing a color on a wall throughout the home for like all the trim and anywhere there's not a color, it's painted this clean white. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I feel like more color than ever, more paint, painted rooms than ever, um, and more wallpaper mm-hmm. than we've ever done. It's so interesting you mentioned COVID because I do think that, do you think like 20 years will look back as COVID being this really like turning point for homes? I think so because yeah. you I've had to think about your change. home in a different way than yeah. you did before. I, I've seen such a change um, since COVID. Well, n- not just with supply chain. I mean, that was a biggie. Like pre-COVID, we would order and then we would install our clients home three to four months later. Where mm-hmm. now it's finally things have gotten so much better. We're like, we order and now we'll set an install about six months later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at one point we were at 12 to 18 months, you know, yeah. from order to install. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I have to think that that has something to do with it. Maybe just, I do feel like a lot of our clients now have more inspiration images than ever mm-hmm. where before it was always just like, well, we love everything you do. We love your designs. But now, you know, people have spent a lot more time and there's a lot more out there available mm-hmm. um, to clients where they, they gather inspiration images, whether it's on Instagram or Pinterest, and that's always our starting point. So mm-hmm. we'll look at those. And if we see color, you know, that's like music to our ears, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're like, let's do it. Let's do some color. You're obviously drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And we just try to nail down like what colors those are, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's like, are they more earthy, organic vibes? Are they more like bright coastal vibes, more traditional? So we really try to just understand like their personal style Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to pattern and color and design and then take the design from there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask more about just your, because I think we have a lot of people who love the coastal vibes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't live on the coast. Yeah. And if you could describe your coastal chic style and how people can really kind of infuse that in their homes, because I know there's something so magical about it and you know it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the coastal style I do feel like is very much uh desired whether you live on the coast or not Mm -hmm. you know and I think you know it's that very clean light bright airy feel that you see when you look at the images but even more so feel when you walk in the home Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and so many of my clients have moved to the Charleston area or are buying second homes from the northeast And that is the one thing they say to me. They want that feeling. They so desire that feeling because their previous homes, they had all the dark, heavy furniture and, you know, darker color. And so that's something that they they long for. And especially, you know, most of them being near like retirement age, like that's like their dream. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and, and so, yes, I do feel like that look is very common all over and you don't have to live on the coast to achieve that look. I think it's really, if you take it a step back, it's thinking about, um, materials and we try to achieve that coastal look without being like in your face, you know, Conch like shells everywhere. Yeah. Like I, I don't, yeah. I don't think do I saw like seagulls yeah. artwork or whatever. So it's like thinking about like 
you know, using wood, using woven, using those lighter colors, using those coastal colors of like soft greens and soft blues and thinking about just like the ocean and the sky and the sand Mm -hmm. and and everything mm-hmm. surrounding it and that color palette. And that's kind of what you want to incorporate throughout your home. And I think that's probably the most common color palette for us. Um, but just doing them in different directions, you know, we have clients that are much more modern and want to also incorporate black and a lot of dark contrast, but then we have clients that are much more traditional and do have some antique pieces that they want to incorporate mm-hmm. into that, um, that coastal feel. So, I think it can be done no matter what your personal style is, but I would, you know, kind of think about those coastal colors and those coastal, um, elements and how you can incorporate those into your own home, no matter where you live. I noticed a lot in your textiles, there would be, you know, a print that it's not like it was starfish and like shells on the print, but you know, maybe Uh it sort of had like a wave yeah. So it was very subtly right. suggesting that. Yes. Yeah. Like we have a local textile designer, Emily Dawes, we work with all the time who um, creates her own prints and they're all influenced by different elements in Charleston. Like she has a crushed um, seashell print. She has um, a marsh print and they're all like very, very abstract. But once we like tell the client, like this is this is supposed to be crushed oyster shells, they're like, oh yeah, okay, I see that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And they like knowing that like a local artist created this and that it was based on something in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's such a way to do it that is not just your typical like palm print, which I love. I mean, that's like my <laughs> logo in my business and we use it all the time, but I think there is a more subtle approach to it. And, um, it doesn't have to be in those soft greens and blues, like earth tones now are so, so common. And so we see like the terracottas, the sage greens, like that mm-hmm. darker, deeper blues and greens, um, these same prints and patterns, which can kind of lend you to more of that, like modern organic, uh, coastal feel. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I loved about your portfolio is, and kind of surprised me a little bit too, I guess, is I think of Charleston as being just this very traditional place, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. historic homes and yeah, just a traditional way of life. And yet your yeah. style is, has a lot of contemporary elements. Yeah. So I was curious if, you know, what, from your point of view draws your client to your work in particular in a place that is so known for its, you know, traditional look. So, so so Charleston, you know, historic Charleston is actually a tiny peninsula, Mm -hmm. um, that can, you know, the actual historic area consists of a very tiny, tiny amount of that little peninsula. And we've only done probably a handful of homes down there. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do lean more traditional in a sense. Majority of our projects are out on the water. So Mm -hmm. you have all of these surrounding coastal areas of Charleston. Mm -hmm. You have Daniel Island, Isle of Palm, Sullivan's Island, Kiowa Island, and Mount Pleasant. So everything's connected by, by bridges. Um, but that's where the majority of you're seeing new construction mm-hmm. and big renovations happening. And that's where the majority of our projects are located. And that's why probably you're seeing a little bit more of like a modern clean approach mm-hmm. because that's what majority of these um, clients want. And, and most of them are second homes, vacation homes. So they're not living there 24 seven. Mm. So it is going to be something that lends itself to that as well. And something that you have to think about when you're designing a home like that is it's not going to feel cluttered. It's not going right. to have a lot of extra mm. stuff mm-hmm. in it, uh, which just automatically gives it a cleaner, more modern look too. That's interesting. I would have mm. thought about that. Yeah. If yeah. it's, if it's your second home, you know, you don't have your full book collection. You don't right. have all those random things. No. You're like, I can't get rid of this cause I'm going to need it one day. Yeah. No, they yeah. bring nothing, yeah. nothing, which so we love. Pick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we love yeah. that. Do you pick yeah. out like everything soup to nuts, the dishes, the 
bathroom accessories. Yes. I tell them like we can do as much or as little as you want. So what we typically do is everything besides your sheets, your mattresses, your dishes, and your flatware. And if you want, if you want us to do your sheets, your dishes, your flatware, you know, like your everyday essentials, we will. Mm -hmm. Um, But typically I find that most of our clients are pretty particular about those pieces Interesting that they want to pick them out themselves. But usually they'll send me like a link and they'll say like, do you approve of these dishes? Like, are these going to look good? (laughs) (laughs) So you're, Um, you're still uh, part of the decision. Oh, for sure. Cause they trust our vision Uh and they want to make sure that it's going to be cohesive with everything that we've decided. But accessories are a big part of our design. Um, and we, we will not design a project unless we're finishing it off with accessories because it really makes, it Mm -hmm. makes the design complete and whole. Um, and so that's something that we incorporate at the end down to greenery, whether it's real or faux, we incorporate greenery into that package. And I do feel like that's what makes it feel like a home and not just like a stage space that Mm -hmm. feels like a a rental or something. So it's somewhere they can come and enjoy, but it's still, um, pretty minimal. Right. But they want to, they want to walk in and it feel, you know, yeah, cozy. Yeah. Yeah. Inviting right. and all of those things. So I think there's a way to do it, um, with a minimal amount of accessories that makes it feel complete, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll say like, no, we want to, you know, collect some things as we spend more time in Charleston. I totally get that. Like I want them to go to the antique stores and the art galleries and find fun stuff. And so what we provide is just almost just that very minimal first, like base layer, mm-hmm. I call it so that it does feel complete. You know, it never occurred to me, but do you, do you, when they're sending you like their plates that they, they want your yeah. approval. Are, are you thinking like, this isn't going to look good on like the dining table I picked out <laughs> yeah. or the, the countertop? No, it's kind of like, it's kind of similar to like white paint colors. You know how people like fret mm-hmm. so much about what mm-hmm. shade of white is right. like the biggest dilemma yeah. ever. Oh yeah. And I'm like, just stick to one thought. Like, are you doing like a bright, cool white? Are you going for like a warmer white or like a gray white? Like just pick one category and yeah. whatever one you pick in there, like it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But like with the plates, like, no, it's the same thing. I'm just like, are you more traditional? Are you more modern? Pick mm-hmm. one that's in that category and yeah, it's going to be fine. Like if they're going to look great, yeah, you know, so um, no, they've never sent me anything like really <laughs> weird and out there that I'm like, oh no, that's look awful. <laughs> well, I did back to the accessories. Um, I did notice the accessories in your projects and, um, it seemed like you, you didn't use very many and maybe this is really going back to the why that you were, you know, talking about, like it's the first layer, but they were very dramatic. And so I thought it was an interesting just kind of note to take away. Well, we're good. I'm glad. Well, you said dramatic. Well, you know, um, like if it was a vase, it was just a really interesting shape or a very large size instead of Mm -hmm. something just plain, you know, or if it was a box on the coffee table, it was just a cool. That's very intentional. So like, I'm glad you noticed that. Good job, Um, because so we do accessory packages for our clients when we're building out their budget and basically based on how much furniture they have, I know how many Ah. accessories they're going to need. And so we set that budget up front and then we source everything ourselves and Mm -hmm. put together this very extensive accessory plan. But I tell my design team that, you know, those main spaces, like the main kitchen, living, dining, bedroom, there needs to be like a wow factor, like a wow piece on the coffee table, on the dining table, Uh on the kitchen island. And so I'm glad that like you saw that in Mm -hmm. our pictures because we do that with intention. Um, And those pieces are more of an investment, but as part of like an overall accessory plan, we're putting that together. We're going to put more of their budget towards that piece. Right. That everyone's going to see right when they walk in their kitchen on their mm-hmm. kitchen island. 
So, um, yeah, so we do that with a lot of thought behind it. Well, I, I thought it's a great, I think, thing for people to keep in mind just because, you know, to your point, they are more expensive. But if you do have one really big, yeah. you know, something eye-catching, you don't need as many, as many. other things. So you're, right. it's kind of a not necessarily yeah. one and done, but you know, it's like you picked that out and that creates this yes. big moment and then you really don't need that much more. And that would be like my recommendation, even, um, when people come into our shop, you know, I'll tell them invest in this one wow factor vase for your mm-hmm. kitchen island, go cut a couple palms out of your yard, mm-hmm. stick them in there, throw a candle next to it. Done. Like that's going to look mm-hmm. amazing. Right. Yeah. And you just spent $300, but you're going to have that moment forever so that that would be my suggestion too um Mm -hmm. with the accessories for like your main spaces now when we're thinking about like guest rooms or um you know kind of more those auxiliary spaces even outdoor spaces our accessories there are going to be really minimal Mm -hmm. they're going to be more of our um i hate to use the word lower end but we do have like lower end accessories that are still good quality. Obviously Mm -hmm. if they can be outside in Charleston, they're going to have to be of good quality, but they're not going to be a $300 vase. Right. You know? So we take that overall accessories budget and then we distribute it based on where we want you to get Mm -hmm. the most impact. Well, accessories just add up so fast and they do $300 for vase seems crazy. But if you think like, okay, the alternative is getting like a tray and a candle and a stack of books and a pair of candlesticks. Well, that is going to end up being more more than $300 anyway. So just get one thing that you love. Exactly. And you filled it in. It seemed to me like you filled it in with some natural elements too. Like you were, you, your palms example, or you had, you know, some beautiful driftwood, um, that kind of took up that spatially visual space. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, I do feel like, um, like you said, accessories can add up really quickly and that's why, you know, we find it so important to set that budget in the beginning, Mm -hmm. because if you're furnishing, you know, a 5,000 square foot house and you need that many furnishings, if we did not accessorize that house, it's literally just going to look like a staged, beautiful, beautifully staged, but just a staged home. And it's Mm -hmm. not going to feel welcoming. It's not going to feel inviting. So, you know, not just thinking about like vases, bowls, and books, but we also do planters and pots and either faux trees, usually faux trees, because these are usually second homes, mm-hmm. but like a faux tree, which is also an investment. But if you go buy two fiddly figs, which most people do because they die, mm-hmm. you just <laughs> bought a faux tree, yeah. you know, and then you have it forever. Yeah. So, so and yeah. it's not going to die because they are yeah. fickle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we do it all yeah. and it, it does make it feel, um, complete and finished. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's smart to remember to have that in your budget though, that the accessories. Yeah. I mean, needed. it's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a requirement. Like I've had some clients that say like, we don't need to do the accessories. We're just going to collect those as we go. Or like, we'll do that at a later point. And, I always say like, no, you, you have to do the accessories. Like that's like (laughs) our finishing touch. It's like Mm -hmm. part of the design, you know, Mm -hmm. like if we didn't do it, it's not going to look good. It's not going to feel complete. Right. So it's almost like a requirement Mm -hmm. for us. Okay. So if someone was say, I'm going to start completely over for my living room and do it top to bottom, what would you say I should set aside is there like a percentage that you of it for accessories? Yes. So for our accessories budgets, typically we do them in like increments, um, based on, cause we're typically doing multiple spaces in a home. Mm-hmm. So we have like $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 or 20. You're, you're one mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like like $20,000 of accessories. It's like, that's insane. But if you think about a 5,000 square foot house, every single new construction house has built-ins and I love built-ins, but you have to remember that's $5,000 of accessories alone, almost every single time, because every single like beautiful book 
is a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's almost a hundred dollars book. So yeah. you have all these beautiful books, you have all these beautiful bowls and vases and frames that uh-huh. adds up so quickly. So I always tell people that when you're doing built-ins, we love them, but just know <laughs> ready. that's yeah. a big accessories expense. And then usually almost every single, um, room we're doing some sort of greenery some sort of faux greenery in a pot you know Mm -hmm. even in a guest room if we just have like a faux beautiful fiddle leaf tree and a pot in the corner couple frames a box you know that's really all you need but that alone is going to be almost a thousand dollars in accessories Mm -hmm. so if you take a whole house and you kind of do the math and you add all of that up it just adds up really fast, but it can be built into the budget, especially if you're talking about your budget numbers up front Mm -hmm. and you know, you want to spend, let's just say a hundred thousand dollars. Well then let's set aside 5,000 of that for accessories Mm -hmm. because that's how important they are. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, I was like, just looking for like picture frame to give to my mom for Christmas. And I was like, God, why are picture frames like a hundred dollars? I don't know. know. That just was wild to me. I know. I just hadn't bought one in a while. People just, yeah, I don't realize how much they are. (laughs) Um, but I think it, you know, because I have a shop and because I buy for our shop and curate it, I'm trying to pick out really special pieces, but that is, um, you know, I, price point is like my number one thing Mm -hmm. that I think about. So how can I find really elevated looking pieces at really nice price points? Meaning like a $300 vase would probably be at the top of our price point. Right. That in our shop for an accessory, Mm -hmm. like I really don't want to go above that if I Mm -hmm. can. Um, because most people don't want to spend more than that, which I totally understand. I mean, that's a lot of money for a vase. Well, I remember you telling me years ago, I think like about boxes and we were no. talking about how ludicrously expensive boxes are. Yeah. And we're like, well, it's all these corners. Like it has yeah. what? Oh, yeah. Eight, <laughs> 10, no, eight, 12 and corners. It's got the top and then eight corners and the, it's, and then I wonder if that's why picture frames are so expensive. Yeah. And, and all of our boxes and frames like, are like marble and like yeah, agate and shagreen and hide and like mm-hmm. cool There's materials a, mm-hmm. that like, you're not going to be able to go buy at home goods. Like I want to be able to provide you something that's cool and different elevated mm-hmm. that you can't go yeah. get, yeah. you know, at a big box store mm-hmm. too. So. Well, is that why picture frames are so expensive? <laughs> I, I want the answer. Me. I'm literally I'm, asking. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's yeah. materials. It's, and mm-hmm. it's again, putting it together for sure. And the labor of labor. Yeah. Cutting the corners precise and everything. Yeah. And that's why picture frames are so expensive, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Like, like um, I meant photo, like a frame for your art. Oh, well that's a whole nother yeah. thing. I mean, I just talked to someone in our shop about this and a lot of, we sell a lot of like local artists prints where it's printed on paper, but yeah. then we also sell like a G clay version where it's printed on a canvas. Mm-hmm. And I always tell everyone to buy the G clay. I know it's more expensive up front, but you have the option of either not framing it because mm-hmm. it wrap the artwork wraps around. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to frame it. Or, um, you could just do a wrap, like a gallery wrap frame, which is usually only a couple hundred dollars versus a print on paper. You have to do glass and it's so much more expensive to do glass and there was a glare. So I just feel like the G clay option is always like the way Mm -hmm. to go. Right. Um, I like the print on paper for like smaller little prints, Mm -hmm. um, for like powder baths or shelf styling, that sort of thing. But like the larger wall canvases, I always say go bigger and go with the G clay. Yeah. Um, because framing is so expensive. Yeah. It's such a deterrent. I know. Right. You're like, cause yeah. you're like, Oh, I got this, you know, I got this and beautiful painting and now I get to spend an extra yeah. 500. And people all the time will it. be like, I went to Michael's and it was so much more than I thought. And it's like, yeah, their prices are exact same as like your yeah, local framing. Money my- no, <laughs> no, like your local framing store. So it's the glass and right. it's just, again, like the labor that goes into it. It's, right. um, custom, anything custom is yeah. expensive. True. <laughs> I think we probably should move on. I know to we've jumped all over the place. It. No, no, that's good. <laughs> Normally just when we record virtually, I can see the time and then 
chat yeah. and you go like, oh wait, yeah. we could have been talking you for. You can like talk about so yeah. many different things going on different tangents. And or we I could talk for two hours. But. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's time for a decorating dilemma. Let's do it. Oh, and good. Okay, okay, I'm very excited because we, a couple of months ago, asked our listeners to send in a voice memo of them reading their question. And so we have our first voice memo, and I'm going to play it. Hi, ladies and guests. This is Chrissy in Nashville. I've been listening to you guys for years now. I'm a personal chef, and so I listen to you guys while I cook all day. Um, My question is about my formal living and dining room. It's a large, uh, long room with um, vaulted ceilings. And my question is about lighting. I want to know, I'd like to put some sconces up because I'd really just like this whole room to glow. Um, I'd like to put sconces and I'm wondering where I should put them in the room that make the most sense. and how high up should they go and how many should I do? Should I put around the room? Um, and then what finishes? Um, I already have a lot of black and I'm wanting to bring in some more metals. Um, I've got um, a brass lamp on the bar, you'll see. Um, just wondering how I can start bringing in another metal into this room. I also um, want to hang curtains, and I was thinking of doing a brass curtain rod. Um, where should I hang them? I want these windows look kind of small for the room, so I want them to look as big as possible. So, can you tell me where to hang them and how high up, um, and what metals and um, color fabric you think would work in this room? Um, eventually I'd like to do some ceiling detail. Um, these track lighting, um, is going to come down as soon as we get the chance, we're going to take this down. Um, and I'd like to do some ceiling detail, like some paneling on the ceiling and eventually maybe even one or two skylights in this room because the living, the living room window is North facing and the dining window is South facing. So it's actually not a hugely doesn't get a lot of light for as big of a room as it is. And should I think about putting some sort of chandelier or pendant over the sitting area part and or recessed lighting when we eventually do the ceiling? Anyway, I know that's a lot of questions, but um, I'm really looking forward to your insight. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I love hearing Chrissy's voice. <laughs> right? Doesn't it totally yeah. like change the experience of hearing you read the question? I love her vibe. I love her vibes. Like I love these pictures and I love her sofa, uh, chairs, her dining room chandelier, like so many pieces. I love. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, I feel like she has such a good base already. Her floors are oh my really, really beautiful. This is such a I, cool space. Yeah. She has a very fun space. I mean... Again, the track lighting is is I'm sure it was functional, yeah. wonderful at a time. But you I know, can see why it's she, really not that noticeable. I will say it's the it's best track lighting, more so not, in real life versus the pictures. Yeah, and that would be but. so easy to take down too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would take take that down. I think that's good that that's happening. Love the idea of like the ceiling detail happening, like the panels going across and almost maybe like a natural wood tone would be so beautiful and then I love the idea of like dropping down a second chandelier Mm -hmm. over your sitting area um I'm like picturing in my head the um the Aaron chandelier that's got like three long arms it's like 96 inches um from visual comfort that would like coordinate so well with your um, dining room chandelier you could do the black mm-hmm. or the brass and then on either side of your black artwork with the flower I would do some brass sconces mm-hmm. and as far as the height goes like typically you would place them close to the center of that piece of artwork or maybe like a little bit higher which should be somewhere around like 60 to 65 inches and then on your buffet a 
across from your dining table with the black mirror. I love all the black accents. I would do a pair of lamps on that buffet, Mm -hmm. Um, like some buffet lamps that maybe bring in some of that brass accent as well. Since you do have so much black and you want to bring in another metal, I feel like that would be the perfect place to do it and to just bring in some more low lighting. I would not do recess lighting at all in this space. If anything, I love the idea of the skylights or just keeping all like low lighting. And then the the window in the living room, I would hang the drapery panels as high as you can, as close to that crown to really accentuate the tall ceilings and then do them as wide as you can. So typically we'll take like the, um, the window trim and go about six inches out from that on each side. And that's where you'd want to hang your rod. And then you're going to take your window, your double window, or I don't know if those are windows or doors, but like take that width, um, from your trim to trim and double it. And that's how much window treatment fabric you're going to need. So like if it's like, um, let's just say it's a hundred inches trim to trim, you're going to want 200 inch wide panels like does total. that make sense 100 on each side yeah mm-hmm. yeah does that make sense so yes. i would do like 200 inch panels on each side mm-hmm. um make sure you do drapery hooks make sure you do rings mm-hmm. and like i would do a nice you know french return rod or something like that in the you could do the black or you could do the brass if you're going to incorporate some more brass elements but i think that would look amazing Even in just like a pretty like creamy linen color, like your little swivel channeled chairs here, I think would be really nice. It's funny. I feel like people always, you know, think, oh, if I'm going to do, if I have a white wall and I do a white linen, that's just, it's not even going to seem like it's there, but it just adds so much texture that it's going to look so pretty. Softness and Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I love like tone on tone um, window treatments and it looks like your walls might even be almost like a creamier white. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be really, really pretty. But I, this space is amazing. I Mm -hmm. love the style and the vibes and everything. So I think those are some easy updates you could make even over time, just do one thing at a time. And gonna look so good so let me ask you a question and chrissy did not ask this but i'm gonna ask it (laughs) so she wants she you suggested putting the sconces on either side of the painting yeah if you just in any space have sconces on either side of a painting over a sofa Mm -hmm. would you also do lamps matching lamps on either side or on tables is that too much probably not i feel like that would be a lot like I think she, she has, has a floor she has lamp, a floor lamp yeah. which on the right I side. like, mm-hmm. like, I think the floor lamp is good. Okay. And if you had the sconces, like with the floor lamp being there with the sconces, I would not do sconces that have like drum shades, like the lamp. Okay. You know, like that's going to look something? too matchy matchy. I would do something that's more like contrasting. Okay. Um, so it could be like a linear shape. It could be a more organic shape, but don't do a sconce that has like a drum shade. And then you have a drum shade lamp right next to it. Mm. I feel like that most people's sense. instinct would be to match, right? Don't it, match. Don't match. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked <laughs> okay. a lot about that. And in general, just like think contrast mm-hmm. always, you know, mm-hmm. try not to be matchy matchy, which she's done so well with like this say, sofa yes. and these chairs, mm-hmm. like, that's such a nice contrast from each other. Mm-hmm. I love that. She has such a good. good I was going to say, yeah, it's a beautiful space, and she has tons of style. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this is. Did we answer all our questions? I guess was my. I think so, mm-hmm. Chrissy. You also have a great voice. Thank you for mm-hmm. sending in a voice memo. Very. Fun. Um, <laughs> what a cool job to be a personal chef. Yeah. Right. Oh That's my amazing. Gosh. And I'm I so, wanted to like sit in there all day. And I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so grateful you took the time to write this up and listen. This is, I mean, you have a beautiful spot. So. Yes. Yes. Thank you so I much. That was helpful. I loved all of your suggestions. I think it's going to look great. She, she, you know, the thing that's wonderful is that she's already like 70% there. Oh yeah. She's got... It's oh, yeah. this is and hanging some drapes and hopefully, you know, again, those few ch- first changes you can do by the lighting install, mm-hmm. by the drapery hardware and the drapes and get it all mm-hmm. in. And then you can still at that point, mm-hmm. you know, all right, skylight ceiling, like, right. Keep it, keep going on the bigger. 
yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you have to send after photos too. Yes. Yes. I love to see oh my it. Gosh, I want yes. to see it. That would be fun. All right. Well, Megan, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank this you was, so much. I'm glad we caught you while you were in town. Thank you for having me, Ballard. I really appreciate it. And I hope to see y'all in Mount Pleasant at your store soon. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!